Good morning. Would you mind just to stand with me again for a minute? Father, I just pray for every body, every physical body, every ailment of these bodies in this building this morning be crumbled in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that you gave your son to die on the cross for our salvation and our healing. And we ask now by the power of the Holy Spirit that it be done. Lord, that every ailment be gone, be dissolved, be fled out of our bodies by the power of the Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the provision that you've given us of healing. And we claim it now. Oh, by the hovering of the Holy Spirit that is in this place, that's been in this place from the very first note of the song. Oh, Holy Spirit, hover over each body and completely heal. Oh, we ask it in your name. Even for those that are not here because they can't be, Lord, in your name. We trust in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you may be seated if you'd like. I, I felt, Lord, do you want me to go lay hands? And I thought, no, it's not my hands. It's the power of the Lord that we need. And that's what we covet here this morning. I had an odd week this week. I just want to tell you for just a couple of minutes before I get into the message, and I want to be careful of your time. I didn't feel well this last week, and the Lord had given me the subject matter of the, of the message on Monday, along with some scripture passages, and I wrote them down, sort of, or at least I thought I did. And on Thursday morning, I felt much, much better. So I got up to go to my swim class and then came to the church to spend some time in prayer. And I know that I tucked those into my purse, those pages that I had written on, tucked them into my purse. And I saw them when I went to the swim class. And when I came here, they were nowhere to be found. I could not find them. I couldn't find any notes I'd written and it had the scriptures that I had gotten from the Lord four days before. Well, when you have a fever and your brain's all, you know, fogged up, Lord, I prayed, you got to help me because <laughs> I'm not remembering what I wrote down. I mean, I had a general sense, but not details. Well, on Friday morning in my home office, I was praying and I said, Lord, this just doesn't make sense. And I kept reading and I, I felt this this is the message, this is the message, but those notes were just gone, just not there. And yet I had the pages right in front of me that I'd ripped out. I did find those stuffed down in my purse and they had ragged edges all over them because it's a little notebook. And all of a sudden I looked at those pages 
and the Lord just said, turn the pages over. And I'm not kidding you, I had written them in the dark with a pencil and I could not see. When I folded them right side out with the blank pages showing, I couldn't see the writing through the pages. And there it was. And the Lord helped me. So that's, that's how we got to where we are today. So how was your week? <laughs> I want to talk about a Valentine promise from the Lord. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And naturally, we all begin thinking about relationships right about this time. And I believe that every relationship, no matter what kind it is, whether it's a parent, child, a sibling, a longtime friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, it doesn't matter. There are some basic requirements, fundamentals that must be present in that type of relationship that makes it godly and successful. And I want to look at just three of those fundamentals this morning. And I'm going to tell you right up front, I don't care if you listen or not, because the Lord gave me this message for me, to me. So if you want to listen along, great. But if you don't, you want to take a nap, that's fine with me, because I got it. <laughs> I know that there are many things that we could consider in this list, but I'm only going to focus on three. And I want to tell you, the Lord's done a work in my heart on this. And these are not earth-shattering things, but they are enlightenment that the Lord brought to me. And those things are character, trust, and encouragement. Two of those things are inwardly focused, and one is outwardly focused. In Proverbs 3, starting with verses 1 through 4, Solomon the wisest man God ever gave a download of information to said, My son, forget not my laws, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, but bind them around thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Solomon knew what he was talking about here. And I'm going to turn to 1 Chronicles, but keep your finger in uh, Proverbs 3 there. 1 Chronicles chapter 17. David had told his son Nathan, who is Solomon's brother, and Nathan's also the prophet in Israel, that he, David, was going to build a house or a temple for the Lord. And Nathan said, oh, king, yes. David was just anointed king about that time. He said, yes, do it. I'm with you. God's with you. It's the right thing to do. Because now David had brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, but there was only a tent for it to dwell in and for the presence of the Lord to be housed. So David said, I will build the temple for the Lord. 
First Chronicles 17.3 says, But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Guess what it said? Go tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not build a house for me to dwell in. And the message went on for verse after verse where the Lord told David through Nathan the prophet, I don't need you to build me a house. I got along with a without a house quite well before now, and I don't need you to build it. I delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. I had only a tent to dwell in, but my presence led them, and I don't need your house now. Besides that, I have someone else to build my house. That was the message from the Lord. Verse 11, and it shall come to pass, when thy days be expired, this is the Lord talking to David still, that thou must go be with thy fathers, that I will raise up the, thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took it from him that was before thee, speaking of King Saul. So the story continues in chapter 22. We're going to pick up verse 5. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, of fame and of glory throughout all the countries, and I will therefore now make preparation for it. David was not permitted to build the house, but he completely financed it. He put all the people in place, he put all the wood in place, the gold, the stone, all of it was financed, funded, and supplied by David, and Solomon built it. Verse six, then he called for Solomon his son, and he charged him to build the house of the Lord. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build the house under the name of the Lord my God. And this is why I read all of that scripture. But the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly. Here's the reason David was not allowed to build the house and you have made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name. God did not want the blood of anybody else associated with his house, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest. God chose a man of rest and quietness to build his house. And he said, I will put my, uh, my blessing and my glory around him and I will defer all of his enemies from away from him. And his name shall be Solomon and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build my house for my name. 
And I'll stop right there. It mattered to God who built the house. It mattered that a person of godly character, one who did not shed blood innocently, one who followed the course God had put before him, that would surround the name of God. So now here is Solomon years later telling his own son that character is the number one thing. And another fundamental required in any relationship is trust. If you go back to Proverbs 3, Solomon covers it. Verses 5 through 8, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all, way, all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Trust cannot be left out of a relationship. I have this dear friend that I, I requested prayer for, Leanne, Leanne Smith, and I've known her since I was born. She was born a few months before me, and we have been together and associated ever since because our parents were friends, and our moms had us near the same time. And my mother gave me her middle name. My name is Deborah Leanne, after her. Some of you might remember her. She's, she attended Jim's Bible study. She really liked Jim, and she's one of the most loyal, caring, trustworthy people I know. And I'm a better person for having her as my friend. Well, she might be a little stubborn at times. We laugh about that. Don't worry, this is not news to her. <laughs> we laugh about that. But let me tell you something. She's one of the strongest women I've ever known in my life from the time she was a little girl. She's been so strong, and I love her. I told you this because I completely trust her. We are different as night and day in every way. But she knows me inside and out, and yet she loves me. And I know her heart, and I love her. She's carefully watched over her father and her mother in very difficult times. Her father, father passed away, and now her mom is in a home with a very advanced Alzheimer's case, and she's carrying quite a load to care for her mom. And as I said, she's been very ill the last couple of weeks, so please remember her in your prayers. And now I want to look at just a few verses in Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 5 through 8. It says this of trust. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes his flesh his arm. In other words, make somebody else's flesh your arm to lean upon and whose heart departs from the Lord. So we can see by this verse that there can certainly be an out of balance kind of trust 
in man instead of trusting in God. But verse 6 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat comes. But her leaf shall be green and she shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from giving her fruit. A tree that is green because they're planted by the water and the roots go out to the living water. One who is trustworthy puts their trust in God and stands steadfast even in the heat and the drought planted by the waters. Thank you, Lord. The last fundamental of a relationship that I want to look at this morning is encouragement. That might seem a little bit odd, but it's critical to a relationship. In the Psalm of Solomon, the Shulamite woman, this might be a bit of an odd example, but this is where the Lord led me. The Shulamite woman was so concerned about the color of her skin because she had been forced by her family to work out in the vineyards as a laborer. She was not a, a, a rich woman. She was a, a working class labor type of family. And they made her work out in the sun. And she was unable to protect her skin from the damage of the sun and the darkening of her skin. And she was so overcome by her uh, her, her shame and her, her blatantness of being in the working class. And she felt so undeserving because of the color of her skin. In the first chapter of the Song of Solomon, she's telling the love of her life, her shepherd. Now, she had been taken by Solomon into his courts to be prepared and, you know, for a, a time with him, but her love was the shepherd boy. And she's telling him, I'm so sorry that I don't have beautiful skin. I'm so sorry for this glaring flaw that I have of this dark skin and how insecure it makes her feel. But her shepherd loved her so that he encouraged her, he reassured her, he lifted up that insecurity and he said, oh my love, don't you know that thou art the fairest among women? He could have used any term he had wanted to, but he chose the fairest among women. It didn't matter to him what color her skin was because he loved her. He said that I have compared you 
to the beautifully decorated horses among Pharaoh's chariots. We might think that sounds like an odd compliment, but it wasn't. It was the highest of compliments to be one of Pharaoh's chosen teams of horses. And she was compared in his heart to one of those beautifully decorated horses and how beautiful she was. He encouraged her in her weakness and she learned from the encouragement that she could trust his heart, even with her most insecure parts. She trusted him that she would be accepted just as she was, that she wouldn't be rejected because she wasn't perfect, that she wouldn't be hurt by this person whom she loved so much. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13:1, though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, if my character, so to speak, is not Based on love, I might as well stand on the street corner and bang two cymbals together because that's the effect of what my godliness will have if I don't have love. If I don't encourage others in their insecurity, if I don't lift them up and make them know how much they are loved, both by us and by their heavenly Father, we might as well be banging cymbals on the street. Our shepherd loves us so much. Audrey, would you and Becky pass out the uh, communion for us, our two lady board members, thank you. Our shepherd loves us so much. You can go ahead and pass it out. He sees us not as we are, with our darkened skin, our flawed characters, our untrustworthiness. He sees us through the blood. He sees us as he's made us forgiven prepared to stand in his presence. Yes, a work in progress for sure. Constantly in need of sanctification by the Holy Spirit of God. And as we're preparing to take the replicas of the body and the blood of Christ, I want to give you the Lord's Valentine promise to us. Colossians 2.20. Colossians 2.20. It says, Yet now has he reconciled us to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. 
the physical body, the symbol of his brokenness for our relationships, for our character, our trustworthiness, our ability to lift up others and get out of our own selves through the death of Christ. He reconciled us to him through the physical body. Let's take the body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as we prepare to take the blood, the symbol of his blood, verse 21, and as a result of that reconciliation, he's brought us into his own presence, holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. Think about it. Through the power of the redeeming blood of Christ, we stand in his presence, holy, blameless, and without a single fault. Let's take it. Lord, we just invite the spotlight of the Holy Presence of God to shine on our hearts, Lord. Reveal those areas in our character, oh God, that aren't based on love, that need to be tweaked and twisted and turned like a little screw that's loose in a cabinet. Oh God, have your way as the master carpenter in us and make those tweaks, Lord. Father, I want to be worthy when I stand before you in your presence. I want to feel your love towards me as the Shulamite woman, despite all of her flaws, Lord. He loved her so much. Let us know and acknowledge that love from you. Oh, God, and help us to see the need in others that we can lift them up, that it doesn't cost us anything, Lord. It doesn't cost us to say, oh, but it doesn't matter. God loves you anyway, and so do I. Oh, Holy Spirit, do the work in me. You started it in me. You gave this to me for me. I know that you did. And Lord, I stand before you open and willing, oh, for those little turns and tweaks to be done, Lord Jesus, that I can stand in your presence, blameless, holy, without a single fault. Oh, Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy and your grace that brought us to your presence, Lord, through the power of the blood and the body that was broken for us. Thank you, Lord. We're a people so grateful for your presence. We're so grateful for your presence. 
And I pray, oh God, that as we go forth from this place, that we carry the weight of this message in our hearts and that we turn those places over to you, Lord, that says, tweak me, Lord, <laughs> just tweak my, my screws and tighten them up and make me more like you day by day, day by day. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your mercy, oh God. Thank you for your body and your blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we worship your name. We worship your name. Oh, Shiamoko Siatai, Ikoto Shoto, Ikayamoko Si, Ikoto Romakidiamo Shiamakitiamo So. Hallelujah. 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 Standing in your presence, Lord, without a single fault. Oh, it's our desire. It's what we want, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is your name, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Father, I pray for blessing upon each one to go with us. Keep us safe and in your care and your protection, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. <laughs>